This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Coming to you this week from both Studio A and Studio B, this is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Welcome to the quarantine. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined all the way across, well, a couple of counties away, I guess, Chris Sinzak. What's going on, man, on your side of the world? I'm drinking beer and trying to forget about the clusterfuck of the country we're living in and the world we're living in. Man, this sucks. Now, normally you'd be right here across from me sitting at the table in in Studio A. It's A for Aaron Camaro. And so it's weird not to have you here, just to have you on the Skype. So does that mean I need to say this is Studio C? I guess you should call it Studio C. That makes sense to me. All right. Yeah, it's just weird that we're uh, we're not hanging out together because we're we're having to we're quarantine from each other. So I miss you um, already, brother. Yeah, but uh, but at the th- same time, I can actually drink beer while I record with you because I don't have to drive right now. So that's cool. That's cool. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, I'm working from home and uh, just trying to get through life. I'm just thankful I have a job where I can work from home. You don't have a job where you can work from home, so you're still out there doing it, right? Yes, I'm still out there working, but fortunately for me, most everybody that I work with is done. They've already gone home. So okay. that just frees me up to be able to go in unhindered and get my work done, which is great. Yeah. I'm getting a but- jump for when things fire back up. Yeah, it's um, it's a really messed up situation all the way around i you know i've had people asking us questions and that was kind of gave me the idea like well we should open it up to questions and this is gonna be a two-tiered thing today because we're gonna we're gonna take some of the questions that people pre-submitted and answer those and then well i think probably uh, i can answer the number one question that i and i haven't seen the questions but i'm sure the number one question yes the cure for coronavirus is rock and roll Oh, well, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it be cured yet, but uh, that would be nice. Well, they haven't tried rock and roll yet, then, I guess. <laughs> Inject them with rock and roll. That's right. Um, but, yeah, so we're doing that, and then we have a uh, – we have we now have a Skype phone number where we can do call-ins. This so, is um, awesome. 
So you'll hear the result of that on the edited, edited version of it. <laughs> we'll have to see how that goes. This is going to be an experiment we're going to try out. But, man, I'm super excited about it. When Chris came to me and said, dude, there's a way that you can have a Skype phone number and people can call it. And so we can just say, hey, call us right now and you can call us. That's amazing. Yeah. I wish we'd have been able to have this somehow futuristic until now technology years ago. We'd have been doing this show as a call-in show for years if we had it already. I wonder how long it's going to take for someone to call and ask us if we have Prince Albert in a can. <laughs> we do. He's right over there. Uh, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> I hope so. Um. Uh, so we need to do our business first. Yeah, before we get to the fun festivities, the answering of questions and the answering of phone calls, let's do it. Podcast reviews. We got them this week. One from Apple. This one's great. I like it. It's five stars. It's entitled, Fellow Rock Fans, Rejoice! And it goes a little something like this. I've been a casual listener for a while and just caught your track-by-track track with Tommy Skio for Tesla's Psychotic Supper. What a cool dude and kick-ass record to pick. This, along with the Scorpion's Crazy World barf, was actually the first CD I ever bought when it came out in 1991. I consider it an overlooked classic, one that's got lost in the midst of a sea of change in music with grunge and whatnot. To me, it truly has some amazing guitar playing throughout, and it was great to know which ones were Tommy and Frank's songs from your interview. Tommy came off as so down-to-earth and funny with you guys. Makes me wish he was still in the band. Anyways, not to ramble, but this was a great listen, as most of your track-by-track episodes are. P.S. This episode was so good that you guys made me run and buy the record again, but this time on vinyl. And that comes to us from Chilled75 via Apple Podcasts right here in the good old USA. That's freaking awesome. I'll crack a beer to that one. Nice. All right. Yeah, yeah that was, that was that's a great review. So cool, man. Yeah, Tommy's an awesome guy. He is the real deal. It's not hard to tell if you listen to that episode. And you know what? You're right. I do, after talking to him, too, wish he was back in Tesla. I can kind of understand why maybe he's not, but it still makes me wish he was there nonetheless. Yeah, but I am excited for the the Resist and Bite yeah. uh, project. I The one song we heard was great. I can't wait to hear the rest of it. Oh, it was so good. To be able to sit down and have him play that for us and it just kick ass. For us to look across the room at him and go, fuck yeah, dude, thumbs up. This is awesome. It was the coolest experience. Yeah, and he he appreciated the feedback and... He's really those of you that have reached out to him and uh, appreciate you know expressed how much you like the song. That means a lot to him. So and yeah. do that to all your favorite artists. You know, let them know that you like what they're doing. That's why we always tell you on here: if you like them, at least at the very very least you can do is go to their Facebook page and give them a like. You know, and kind of keep up with what they're doing. You know, never know. One day you might sign on and be like, well, they're in my town next week. Kick ass. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. And um, we don't have a pod chaser and we don't have a Facebook recommendation, but we had a Twitter comment this week. So I'll let you do the honors because this was too good to pass up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is a Twitter comment and it comes to us from Wyatt Sexton and it goes like this. Awesome podcast. I'm listening more to your shows and turning off Eddie Trunk. Laugh out loud. Trunk has run out of steam. You guys should be on Sirius XM volume. How great is that? Yeah, that's pretty cool, <laughs> man. I like Eddie Trunk, though. I don't listen to his yeah. podcast too much, but you know, I sure respect what he's done in the history of rock music. You know, but, Sure. 
you know, everybody likes what they like. Oh, no, I just think it's, I mean, no, all respect due to Eddie, because, I mean, he certainly earned it, but uh, to even get mentioned in the same conversation, that's really nice of, of Wyatt to do that. So thank you so much. Sure. That means a lot to, to hear that type of stuff from you guys. That'd be awesome to be back on, you know, radio again. But you know what? This is good enough for me. We can swear. We can do whatever we want. You know, we can just be ourselves and never have to worry about anyone telling us what we can and can't do. Well, except for Spotify and Universal Music. Other than that, this is the way to do it, I think. (laughs) Yeah, fuck them. All right. So um, last bit of business to do before we get into the fun stuff geeks of the week that thanks to all of you that shared on facebook retweeted on twitter last week's talk with vincent dealer jando really good um really good co- uh, feedback to that one well of course it was a kiss episode everybody loves those but you know when you brought it to me i was like man i don't know you know it's it's a weird different angle than we've ever taken on anything before but you know just like he's an artist in reality in his in his everyday life you know this guy was also able to paint some amazing pictures for us and you know some of that talk about the technical stuff you know might be kind of boring to some people but the way he explained it kind of took me back to go wow, next time I go and clip and paste and rotate, I'm going to remember all this, you know, and be grateful for the technology we have today. Um, Vincent was nice enough to send me a a copy of his photography book from the 70s and also an autographed picture of him with the band. So um, once we get the quarantine lifted, I'll be happy to bring that by. Nice. Awesome. I'll put that bad boy in a frame. That's super cool. Yeah. And he was uh, was appreciative of coming on the show and sharing his uh, his talk about history. And I actually sent him a... um, a cool photo got circulated of the band doing their rehearsals at the Fillmore that he had talked about. Well, that was yeah. like when he met them. And um, there's a picture of Sean Delaney sitting, it's just him by himself in the seats watching them rehearse. And he, uh, I'll share this because I doubt Vincent's going to listen to this, but he shared a, a, another interesting story. He goes, Yeah, that looks like the Fillmore. And he said, I also remember the building being shut down and like there was a high staircase that led up to like where the dressing room dressing rooms were and Paul Stanley like leaning over the railing and pissing all over the building when he had to take a leak. Wow. (laughs) So I was like, wow, that's interesting. I wish I had gotten that on the show, but now you got it this time. That's cool. um, Hey, well you gotta go. You gotta go. Right. No kidding. But yeah, so geeks of the week this week are kiss army, Omaha, sit and spend with Joe, Aaron Martell, Joshua Toomey, CGCM podcast, Trevor McDougal, Eric Luzier, Joseph Capone, Adam Cox, Christopher Stokes, Mark Alden, Taylor, freeform rock podcast, Shay Hargett, Scott Smith, Matt Shelton, Craig Turdich, Jay Shablewski, Scott Crouch, Scott Thomas, Coxie, Eladio, Vet Halen, and as always, the The Mooger Fooger. Come on, people. Get on out there. Share it. Retweet it. This week's episode, The Quarantine, Volume 1, and you can become an honorary geek of the week. That's a pretty good list of people right there. In that one, I guess it's all about quality, not so much quantity, but show your quality by becoming part of the quantity and share this week's episode. Become Geek of the Week next week. Mm, It's an honorable thing. Yeah, we appreciate all of you that share the episode. That's what gets the word out. That's what helps. Also, leave some uh, Apple Podcast reviews, podcast, uh, Podchaser reviews, and Facebook re- recommendations. We'll read them on the show. Absolutely. Drink. Um, so, we ready to do so, answer some questions before we go live with the callers? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I t- sometimes I, I sometimes I use Facebook, you know. I every once in a while post something, and it's funny. I post something like, "Hey, you know, ask us anything," and I get like two likes and no replies. I paste something like about coronavirus canceling more events than Vinnie Vincent. It almost goes to two hundred likes. <laughs> oh wow! 
And then I felt bad about it, but it was so funny I couldn't not share it. And so I did. It wasn't mine. I didn't create it or anything. But there's some people got mad at me for it. <laughs> Why'd they get mad at you for it? Because I said something bad about Vinnie Vincent, I think. But it was well, it's it's the truth. Coronavirus has canceled more events than Vinnie Vincent. So there's actually people still on your friends list that are Vinnie worshippers? I wasn't aware of it until just oh. then. Because you know how many people I have sent that me was that the meme? the last one. Do you realize how many people have sent that to me? Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I saw it the first time, and I thought, oh, man, that's too funny. I got to share it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been keeping my, my cone of silence, and I haven't responded to any of it. But, yeah, uh, that's probably I'm, good. That was the I'd, road I should have took. <laughs> I did get a laugh, I'll admit it. Yeah, that is pretty funny. So we put the call out for questions, and you guys delivered. Was that on the uh, Facebook page? Yes. All right. Let me open that up. So I'll go ahead and start asking some of these things. Okay. Um, our good buddy Kimchi Chris, who has a great uh, YouTube channel, he, he said, "He's awesome. I like that guy." He said, "Of the later day Alice Cooper records, let's say Brutal Planet Forward. What are five songs you would like to see him play live that have never made it to a set list?" That's a tough one. That is tough because I don't have them right in front of me here. Um, hmm. Yeah, we should have done our homework on this. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's why I'm trying to open them up and look. Yeah, it should have. Yeah, I don't think I can answer that. <laughs> I can answer to a point. I don't know if all of these did not get played live because I'm a late. I'm a latter day Alice Cooper fan, I should say. So, um, so I don't know exactly what got played live and what didn't. I can tell you what I would like to hear from those from those albums. Um, all right, let's go. Let me look. Wikipedia. I mean, I don't use Wikipedia, but um, it's a great thing. So from Brutal Planet, I like, you know, the song Gimme. Have you ever heard that one? I don't think so. That's a great song. I like that one. I like Wicked Young Man. I do like the title track, even though it's been, it's been played a lot. Um, so from uh, Dragon Town. I like see. the album Long Came a Spider. I know you don't really care for that oh, one. Oh, God, that's like my least cool. favorite Alice Cooper album. A lot of them other albums were like Alice Cooper trying to be super heavy metal, you know, and it never really, to me, never really meshed right. But that album was more uh, like just a hard rock album. You know, it, it's not like any of the other kind of kind of set apart by itself in the fact that, I don't know, it's it's just a straight up hard rock album. It's not like the old school stuff it's not real artsy it's not real over the top flamboyant guitars like you had when kane roberts was in the band and it's not like mm -hmm. the super heavy stuff that he was doing around that same time either so there's some stuff off there i think he could do especially with the band he's got now and probably even elevate some of those songs i think with uh dragon town the title track's okay i think that woman has a name is one that i've actually told john karabi that i want him to cover that song because it's perfect for his voice yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's like a ballad about domestic violence. Um, and then there's the bonus track. I've played it on the show. Can't sleep. The clowns will eat me. That's a great oh, song. Yeah, that is, that'd um, be a good one. I, uh, from eyes of Alice Cooper, Nova Kane's a great song. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, you ever hear I'm so angry is good. The, uh, the cover that Alice Cooper did about that time of Hey Bulldog by the Beatles. Yep. It's freaking awesome. Maybe bust that out. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind that either. Um, Dirty Diamonds gets a lot of love, but I don't care for that album. Um, See, and I'm a little less familiar with these albums, too. Let me tell you what I got going on here, too. My iPod that I normally, you know, I listen to CDs. I try to spend some good time with them. 
and then figure out what are the best of the best off this CD. And that's what gets included in my iPod. It's a whole crazy process. Like, I'm not OCD about anything in the world except for my iPod. I got to have everything just right on there. I don't know why. It's just a lot of fun for me. I'll vouch for that. I've seen it. So, what has happened was this last Christmas, Jamie got me an iPod that had almost double the memory of the one I had. And so, the one I had has been a work in progress for like five years. So Jamie told me, you know, what are you going to do with the old one? And I said, I don't know. I guess I don't need to do anything with it, really. You know, do you think your dad would want it? And so she asked me, he's like, oh, yeah, oh, sure, yeah. I'd lo-. I mean, because it's packed full of like 5,000 plus songs. <laughs> all the cool stuff that I've, you know, that I listen to. And then plus all the cool stuff I've discovered over the last, you know, five years of doing the show. All kinds of cool stuff got added onto there. And so I gave that up to him. And what normally I would do if somebody says, what songs do you like off a certain album? I could open that up and look at that album and go, oh, that one, I only took two songs off of that one. Or this one, I took the whole album, you know. But now I'm starting over with my iPod process. I'm going through all my CDs again. That's what I've been doing with my quarantine, loading up my new super iPod that I got. So I'm kind of crippled without my old one to go, oh, let me look. Oh, Dirty Diamonds? Oh, yeah, here's a good song off of that. I don't have my cheating tool no more. (laughs) All right. I don't know. There's not a ton of stuff from Brutal Planet Forward that I really want to see in the set list. I'm more, I'm more from the earlier era. That's but, right. Make some room for Scarlet and Sheba. Oh sure. Um, although I'm looking at Welcome to My Nightmare. Caffeine's a pretty. It's a goofy song, but I like it. I like that uh, album too. Almost every song on that one's yeah either good or great. I even think the uh, the song with Kesha, I'll bite, I'll bite your face off, is pretty good. I like that um, one too. But uh, I don't know. Uh, and did you like Paranormal, the last one he put out? If I remember correctly off the whole thing, I think I took like five songs and included in the iPod. So yeah. there, was, there was a handful on there that were really, really good. And then there was some other ones that were just kind of so-so. I mean, by Alice Cooper standards anyway. I thought there's a, the first single was Paranoiac Personality. And if, you, if you're a fan of Dada, listen to that song and... Um, fresh blood from that album back to back it's almost the same song that's cool yeah it's got and out. like i told other alice fans i'm like i hear a little bit of dada on that song and they're like oh i don't hear it at all i hear it huh but uh anyway we're getting hung up on one question but that's what alice <laughs> cooper does um as it goes yeah uh rob harris wants to know which guitar sounds better for hard rock heavy metal gibson les paul or fender stratocaster <sighs> That's a tough call. Uh, being an Ace Fraley guy, I'm always going to have to go with that Les Paul. And he said, think Ace Fraley versus Jimi Hendrix as far as sound, not right. style. What What if Ace played a Strat on stage? Would that change Kiss's sound? Same with Hendrix. Oh, hell yeah. It would change both their sounds so much. It's something you could like fantasize to be like, wow, you know, what would Hendrix been like if he played Ace Fraley's, you know, Gibson Les Paul or had that tone, you know, how much cooler would it be? You know, would it be even cooler? I don't know. And then you think about Kiss with a strat, oh man, I don't know about that one. Mm-hmm. I don't see that working so good. I think um for hard rock and heavy metal, I guess I would go with a Strat. Um, but for rock and roll, I would go with a Les Paul. I'll take Les Paul all day, every day. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. But it was like Strat-style guitars that got played with 
Judas Priest and Van, and Iron Maiden true. and bands like that, you know. That's true. So eh, it's the, the, hev- the heavier you get, the more strat sound is what you want. Um, okay, Lauren Carter says, would Motley Crue have been as successful if they had a shredder guitar hero? Hmm. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I don't think it matters either. I love McMars, but I don't think he was McMars. I hate to say it was the least popular member of that band. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You don't ever hear about the the girl from Baywatch that's dating McMars. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's just. I mean, to us, we're guitar nerds, so of course we love Mick. But um, fuck yeah. But to the you said would be as successful as far as public success. They could have had anybody in that position. They had Mick, Tommy, and Nick. They had Nicky, Tommy, and Vince. So they were going to be successful either way with those three. So imagine this: What if Ingve Malmsteen is in L.A. and sees this band and says, "No, you guys, you need to hire me." And they say, "Hey, it's Ingve Malmsteen. Let's do it." I think they would have imploded after the first album. <laughs> oh, with Ingve in ten minutes. Um. Yeah, I can't see I can't see Nikki Six putting up with Ingve Malmsteen. No, and I can't see Ingve Malmsteen having a, any kind of good time hanging out with the guys from Motley Crue. Not no. at that time. No. Other oh, stories. Then again, um, maybe he dives right in and starts crashing with them at their nasty apartment and screwing in the lawn behind Gazaris and all that fun shit. Right. Uh Brennan Barrier says, What's our favorite kiss costumes? He has several questions. Favorite kiss costumes, what's yours? Oh man, we talking about like the whole band as a group in an era or individually? Yeah, uh, as as a as a, as a group. Hmm. Uh, I like. Uh, I've drank too much beer already. This is not a good sign. <laughs> I like the Kiss Alive era. I think. Oh, that's an interesting answer. If I could, I don't know. There's a bunch I liked. You know, they're all pretty cool in their own ways. But yeah, I think I go with that Kiss Alive. Always liked Ace Frehley with the rings around his shoulders. I thought those were badass. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They just looked raw and tough back then. Uh, I'd go with Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, um, actually, oh, man. it was kind of a, you know, and this is going to be an oddball. I mean, yeah, they looked great on Love Gun, and I guess that's the go-to answer because yeah. that, that was kind of the peak. But I don't know. I have a soft spot in my heart for the creatures of the night era. I just, I love that they were struggling at the time and that they just took pieces of other costumes and slapped them together, but it gave them just a kind of a tough, like lo-fi look. And I love that. That's true. Yeah. They kind of recapture that from the early era costumes where it became, you know, like you said, to a point there became cartoonish and then, you know, weird and, and then back, you know, to that again. So it was kind of cool. I mean, that, that was a whole time when really you think about it, like in the dynasty and they're wearing the, the big super kiss costumes and, and then they go into like the elder era and shit where they, you know, cutting their hair short and streamlining everything. And then, when it comes time to get heavy and get back to basics, hard rock, that's when the costumes get, you know, kind of basic, you know, but still just cool looking. They look, they look battle worn, you know, and at that point, that's exactly what that band was. Yeah. Um, he wants to know uh, Metallica or Megadeth. <sighs> that's a tough one. Um, overall, discography versus discography. Mm, I guess there's a there's fantastic legendary albums on each side and there's 
ones that ain't so great on each side, but if I got to pick one, man, just because I couldn't imagine losing Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, and Master of Puppets, I got to go with Metallica. Yeah, well, and I'm I'm looking at later albums because it's like, you know, obviously the glory years of both bands are going to be hard to pick from, but like, what about lately? What have they done? Honestly, I I thought Death Magnetic was a great record, and I thought that Hardwired was a really great record. So, um, I'll have to I'll definitely have to go with Metallica. It's tough though, because Megadeth's yeah. got some great stuff too. Well, they do, but I, everything after Endgame, although Dystopia was a good return to form, I did like yeah. that one. Um, I was uh, I was listening to a Megadeth album today that I haven't listened to in a long time. And that album was Risk. And I just was trying to listen oh. to it. I was like, is this as bad as everybody says it is? Like, it I is. don't remember at the time it being that terrible. I remember the song Breadline. Yeah. And I thought Breadline was a cool song. And so I put the whole disc in. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty damn bad by Megadeth standards. Do you know who produced that record? Uh-uh. Dan Huff from the band Giant. Oh, Nashville guy. Yep. He's and he's known for he's produced Carrie Underwood and a bunch of huge country artists. But yeah, they picked him as the producer for that record. Yeah, bad call, I think. They, I mean, yeah, obviously this no, guy that's can, a terrible. This guy can do good stuff for the pop artist and the country artist, mm-hmm. and just keep away from the Megadeth. Well, and there's a lot of times where I like it when heavy bands kind of go rock, you know, yeah. and like I like Super Collider. I think it's a decent record. Shit, yeah, that is a good one. But a lot of fans hate it. But like Risk is, it's just a step way too far in that direction. Where it's like, all right, even now you're not even identifiable as Megadeth anymore. No, because there's stuff. there's some effects and things a lot kind of being used in there on the drums. There's a lot of heavy effects being used on a lot of those songs, you know, and just sign of the times for that stuff. You know, it's like you look back on some of those bands and albums, are like especially like in the '70s when all the synthesizers and stuff were just starting to get developed, you know? And so you're looking like, what were these guys thinking? Well, what they were thinking was at the time, we just got our hands on some, what is state of the art technology to them and want to be experimental and try to use it in their music. But then over time, you know, it kind of, you listen back to it and be like, Oh yeah, I know exactly when this came out. All right. So, Oh, Brennan wants to know if we're, if we're fans of the band ghost. Uh, fifty-fifty, I'd say. I mean, I don't. I'm not a huge fan, but I've heard stuff by Ghost that I really like, and I've heard other stuff that, like, I bought an album. I forget which one. It's over there on the rack, but it wasn't one of the newer ones. It was an older one, and the price was right. So I was like, all right, let me check it out. And it, there wasn't maybe there was one pretty good song on it, but then like some of their later stuff, I hear. It's pretty good, but I am—I wouldn't say I'm a huge Ghost fan. For Ghost, uh, it's one of those bands where you know the the physical presentation is a big part of their thing. So I probably need to see them live to make a real judgment on them. I'm sure um, they're awesome live. You know, I love theatric bands. You know, being a fan of Kiss and you know loving bands like Guar and things like that. You know, I I can dig it. I like it when a band is more than just the songs and becomes a whole experience. Like we were talking about last week with Vincent about looking at the album covers, you know, and, and looking at the artwork on the inside and all the things that go with it. So a theatrical band adds so much more to the whole presentation, and I love that. So I sh- probably should be a bigger Ghost fan than I am, and maybe I need mm-hmm. to give them more of a shot. Yeah. Um, 
somebody said, uh, any chance of getting rock and pod guest Martin Popoff on the show sometime? He's written about every old metal band ever, so the topic could be just about anything. Uh, I was I got one better than that. We should just have him on speed dial. And so yeah. anytime there's a question about anything, like, oh, let's go to Martin. Yeah, and I guess I need to address the elephant in the room about Rock and Pod real quick because um, I've had several people asking me about it. All I can really say at this point is I'm following the news just like you guys are, and you know, obviously it's weird that Aaron and I aren't even in the same room right now. Yeah. So um, I can't. I wish I could say that I know everything's going to be great and it's going to happen in August, but I honestly can't say that right now. So as an organizer, I have to take a lot of stuff into account. So I'm watching the news just like the rest of you, and I'm waiting to see what happens. But I'm hopeful it happens. But if it doesn't, then then I will be the first person to let you know, I promise. So, um, But as far as Martin goes, uh, I can't believe we've never had Martin on the show with all the time we've done this show. So we really should rectify that soon. The only problem with Martin is he's so widely knowledgeable. It's like, how do you pick just one thing to talk about with him? And if you just say, let's have him on the show and talk, you're going to have a, we could have him on for like eight or nine hours. Yeah, we need to pick like a specific album or something to yeah. talk about. Just um, let him pick something. You come on and he tell does, us something. And he's in the podcast world now. He's got a oh, thing called cool. History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, and it is a great show. I uh, I listened to it the other day. He, you know, he's got certain episodes. Like he's got a, one of my favorite ones was I think it's called like Glam Goes Grunge, where it was like his top five examples of glam bands trying to adapt to the grunge era. So yeah. that was interesting to That's hear. That's cool. Yeah. And you know he echoed a lot of our sentiments and stuff like that, but he's he writes he writes like several books a year. It's crazy. Yeah, he's a cool dude, man. I'd love to have him on the show. <laughs> Let's get into some non-music questions. So, <laughs> Paul Corn says, "Are as we are roughly the same age, were either of you into BMX or skating? If so, what did you ride?" Oh man, when I was young, we lived kind of out in the country, outside of town. So our road was gravel. <laughs> so I didn't do any skating, and I don't think my balance was probably ever good enough where I could have done it well. My friends did. Um, we all ran around on BMX bikes, but I didn't do no tricks or nothing. We just rode them everywhere. You know, when you live seven miles out of town, you're constantly on a bike. So the bike I had, and I wish I had a picture of it, I had an uncle, and he had kind of Frankensteined this bike out of different BMX parts. So it was like, mm -hmm. a, I couldn't even tell you what kind of bike it was because it was five different things, you know? And I had the coolest, most unique BMX bike out of anybody. And I love that bike so much, man. I wish I still had it or at the very least had a picture of it because it was cool. And there ain't no way to look it up because it was one of a kind. Okay. Um, I'm kind of like you. I grew up in a small town and I, I didn't have like the coordination to be very good at either, but I did do BMX and I did do skating. Um, as far as what I rode, I started out with BMX. Um, I had a cheap piece of crap Huffy for a little while. And then I graduated to a Diamondback because this is when I lived in Chicago. I had a Diamondback bike that was turquoise which boy is that talk about eighties <laughs> and, uh, but I always wanted a mongoose really bad. Shit, I wanted a yeah, mon mongoose for the shit. Yeah. I wanted a mongoose BMX bite really bad. And I was obsessed with the movie rad. Do you remember the yeah, movie? Rad? Of course, man. Oh, of course. <laughs> so I was really into that. And, um, I knew a couple of tricks, but I certainly wasn't any good at it. But, uh, 
And then when it got into skateboarding, which is like the late eighties, I was living in Atlanta at that time. And I had skateboarder posters. I had Thrasher magazine. I was, a, I was into it and I tried it, but I was not any good at it. Um, yeah. And I had a Pal Peralta skateboard, and I had a, I bought my Vision Streetwear at uh, J.C. Penney. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was into it, but I wasn't I any good at it. One of the at. coolest inventions of all time was the mag wheels for bicycles. Yep, I had some of those. Badass. <laughs> I, just that alone would take a regular bike and make it look so much cooler. Yeah, and I tie the and I'm sorry, Aaron, but I I tie the my BMX years to the '85 Bears winning the Super Bowl because it was right around the same time. You what? I the I my memories are tied from oh. when I when I did BMX stuff to the '85 Bears winning the Super Bowl because it was right around the same time that I was into both. Oh, I was gonna say I don't remember the Bears ever winning a Super Bowl. That never happened. Yes, they did. 1985. Oh, okay. I was living there at the time. <laughs> um, fake news. Fake, fake news. Um, <laughs> shit, I lost my questions. Let me go back. Actually, let me go to my pro because I, I think I got more response on my profile than I did on the f- Facebook page. I know you're so fucking popular. It's like uh, <laughs> I posted, I get two likes and nothing. Uh, and cheers to Kenny Rogers. Oh yeah, the most, what a the most bomb. metal of country singers. The most metal. Yeah. How's that? Heavy, heavy subject matter. <laughs> oh yeah, I sang about rape. <laughs> yep. Oh. You got to stand right. up and fight against shit like that. Okay, so uh, somebody asked about. To- uh, haven't heard much discussion on Todd Rundgren and his band Utopia. That's Alexander Walker, because um, I have no idea about Todd Rundgren or Utopia. Do you? I've played Todd Rundgren on the show before. You have? Yeah, I played the. Uh, I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drums all. <laughs> oh, song. yeah, that's like the one song we know by him. <laughs> it's my favorite one. <laughs> I don't and know. Hell- Todd Rundgren is pretty misunderstood. I mean, that's one since doing this show. I always find myself saying things like, I really needed to listen more to this artist, or I really need to check out more of that artist. And Todd Rundgren is one that I always, you know, that's always there. That I always kind of, if I go to the CD store, I'll take a roll through the R's, you know, and see if there's any Todd Rundgren in there at the right price. But so far, no luck. I haven't had, had a whole lot of it. Um, I do know that his guitar work is what makes the best songs on Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell any good. Yeah, yeah he was he's also a producer of that, right? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, I don't I I'm I have to plead in ignorance, Alexander. I just don't know enough about him. That's why he hasn't come up on the show. Um David Hudson wants to know what are our thoughts on subhuman well, I will race. Say, I will say this if uh if the NFL football season ends up happening on schedule like hopefully it should, I look forward to hearing Todd Rundgren many times every Sunday. Why? Because that's the song they play when the Packers score a touchdown. I don't oh, know why. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the Chiefs, it's always start me up by the stones. Yeah. Yeah. See, that one I kind of understand, but I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drums all day. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, David Hudson asks, what are your thoughts on Subhuman Race? Mm. I love that album. I like it. I don't love it. I think the songs are all kick-ass. The only thing bad about it is the production. Like, if you would have took that and Michael Wagner would have produced it, it would be a totally different album, I think. Um 
that we were just talking about Martin Popoff and his bands that tried to go grunge. Well, you can't take Skid Row and make them grunge, but you can sure muddy up the production, and that's what that album is. I think with great production, I don't know. It's hard to say because... Skid Row was so big going into that album, you know, and so popular at the times. You know, I remember, like, people would say, well, I'm into Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. I don't listen to Motley Crue and Poison, but Skid Row's cool, you know? So Skid Row was always the band that you could stick to and be like, well, fucking A, you know, and the new grunge popular kids, you know, would still dig Skid Row. But when Subhuman Race came out, nobody bought it you know i bought it first day out you know and i listened to it and i love the songs man there's some really really great songs on there that probably most people would never be able to even tell you you know have never heard them and it's a shame because that's one of them albums too that i think yeah it's was the sign of the times i guess which sucks because skid row shouldn't got pulled down with all that but yeah i'd love to that would be one that they should take the masters and send it to michael wagner and have him mix it remix it michael wagner style and i would love to hear what that sound like i don't think it, it was just it was the wrong album for the wrong time with the wrong producer you know it's uh i love bob rock's production on a lot of stuff but i don't like it on this one i um i think they were trying too hard to fit in with what was going on and i think from what I remember, Rachel even kind of intimated to us when we interviewed the, him and Michael uh, for the talk about the first album that the band was just not in a good place when they did this record. Yeah. So um, it was going to reflect badly on the way it came off. So I, well, they, it's all, the, they all hated Sebastian even back then. Oh yeah, and I mean, but it's just it's the sound of a band falling apart. Yeah. So um, there are good pe- there are good moments on it. I mean, there's certain songs on here I like a lot. I love My Enemy. I love Frozen. I love um, Medicine Jar. Yeah, Medicine uh, Jar is badass. Fire Sign is cool. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's good record. There's it's even a really – the weirdest Skid Row song is on this album, but it's still really killer. It's a song called Eileen. Yeah, Eileen is a weird song. I think it was written by Robert Huso, <laughs> if I remember right. Yeah. It was like his only song. It's – I mean, Sebastian Bach just freaking wails on that song. Like, I don't know how the hell he sings some of that shit, but, you know, it's a really, it's it's cool, but it's really weird. It's like, you wouldn't think, except that it's, you know, Sebastian Bach singing unmistakably. Yeah, otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't think it was a Skid Row song at all. Right. Uh, Logan Seculo wants to know, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park or Kiss Meets Scooby-Doo? I gotta go with Phantom. Eh, I guess we're too old. We both, I gotta go with Phantom, too, but... I mean, it was cool. I like that. Uh, I like Scooby Doo one too, also because uh, my nephews are little, you know. And when that came out, I could put them in front of that, and then all of a sudden, they know exactly who Kiss is. Right. I, and then, yeah. And then I got to sit them down and explain the whole thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, I got to go with Phantom. Um, James West says, "What's your favorite horror movie of all time?" That's easy. Trick or treat. Really? Oh yeah. Just because of the Kiss connection, or because you really think it's, it's a great got, horror movie? It's got Gene Simmons in it. It's got Ozzy in it. The protagonist in it reminded me of myself at that age, you know, kind of a little bit. Where, I mean, that kid was totally relatable. Like, I could see myself oh. falling into that situation. Because I was just like him in school, you know. I was trying to be long hair, rock and roll dude, Kiss t-shirt, all that, you know. 
And that's how me and my friends were. And then, of course, there were jocks and stuff that we didn't get along with and all that shit. So it was it was very it had a very realistic tinge to it where I could see like being such a fan of a band, you know, of a guy that when he died, you know, and then you're friends with the DJ. But the DJ's got an album, you know, the last one. Nobody's ever heard it. I'd go crazy. You know, imagine if you were 13 and Ace Fraley died, but you do a DJ that had the last album that nobody's ever heard, and he's going to let you listen to it. How cool would that be? And then that's where things go terribly wrong, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can always relate to it. That's my favorite. Uh, I'd have to go with I go with The Exorcist. I know it's an easy go-to, but... Um, that's crazy for sure. I remember, remember watching it with my dad when I was like 10 years old for the first time. It was on cable, and I remember him warning me, he's like, you probably don't want to watch this with me. And I'm like, why? He's like, cause it's really scary. And I'm like, <laughs> which of course makes me want to watch it that much more. Right. And I, and it scared the hell out of me. And, um, I had a professor in, uh, English in college that I didn't like the guy. And he was like, his assignment for the semester was to find a movie that any movie you want to write about and write, write a report about it. So of course I picked that just to, oh, for no. shock. For shock value, and um, probably terrified reading it. Well, I, I it was an interesting movie to research, like the making of, and the, but the biggest thing was the public reaction to it. Yeah. So, so it came out in '74, so you had people fainting at movie theaters all over the country, and wow. um, there's a lot of great news footage on YouTube of it. But uh, there's a lot of great like uh, this is back when I was in college. So I'm going through microfiche. You remember that? Yeah. And um, there's all these great articles from newspapers from all over the country talking about people, you know, having episodes <laughs> watching the movie. And, um, yeah, there was like an actual like mass panic in the nation about it. And I watched that. And then you and I have a mutual friend, my friend Deu. We actually used his studio to record the first Toby Wright interview. Yeah. And um, Deu didn't move to America to like, ninth or 10th grade. So he didn't know, he didn't grow up knowing about the exorcist and he and my best friend were sharing an apartment in Nashville at the time when they re-released it early two thousands. I think it was like the 25th anniversary or whatever. Yeah. And they re-released it with like bonus footage. And I, and he, he was like, Oh, I want to see that movie. I'm like, well, let's go, man. So we go and we watch it and I'm I'm taking it back to his apartment and, my best friend who his, was his roommate was working the overnight. And um, I was like, well, I'll see you later, man. He's like, can you come in for a little while? I was like, why? Oh, no. He's like, I'm scared to death, dude. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like I had to hang out with him for like an hour and a half because it freaked him out that much. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the movies that it's got just enough realism to it where it's like, yeah, I could see this could possibly really happen to somebody in real life. Yeah. It's a creepy movie. It is I'll, a I'll creepy say that. Movie. Um, Cassius Morris, oh, he nice. chimed in. Cassius has been podcasting longer than we have. Yeah. Um, I remember many, many, many years ago being on his show. Yeah, me too. Um, he started podcasting at age 10. That's um, right. Yeah. He was just kind of a young kid then, right? Yeah. He said, uh, he young did man. you, he asked, did you see the show running for as long as it has sending love from the great white North? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> just talking about this. No way. Never even thought <laughs> twice about it. No, but we didn't really, I didn't think it had an expiration date, but I didn't think at the same time, I didn't think it would nine years later would still be going on. Yeah. 
No, I mean, when I first, we first started it, it was just, I don't know, you just keep thinking about the next week, keep thinking about the next week, and then pretty soon you're there and you don't realize it, and that's what we were just talking about, how a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, yeah, coming up on a decade, that's crazy, because it sure doesn't feel like it. Yeah, that's it's wild. And Cassius is still out there doing it, too, so that's hats awesome. off to him. I always like Cassius. Let's see, um, go to the next one. Uh, James West also said, in honor of... Pantera reinventing the steel being released today. What's your favorite tracks off that album, and what's your favorite time you saw Pantera live? For me, um, "Revolution" is my name is my favorite song off this record, and uh, "Goddamn Electric" are my two favorite songs off this record. And uh, I think this was around the time I did see them on tour around this time. No, this was after I saw them. I saw them in the '90s. I only got to see Pantera the one time. I saw them when they were touring for. Um, Great Southern Trend Kill. And uh, Phil was really lit on heroin and was being a complete ass to people on stage. Dang. And you couldn't mosh because something to do with people getting injured at other shows around the country. So they really cracked down on moshing. Yeah. So, so they made us like stay in the seating area. They closed off the grass area at the amphitheater. And um, so it was great to watch them play live. But it felt really constricted because you couldn't actually like act out. So they, um, they were great. They were great. Yeah. They were fun to watch though. Um, yeah, I'll take those two songs you picked. Plus, uh, I'll cast a shadow is pretty badass too off that album. Um, only seen Pantera live one time and it was at Ozfest in 97. And I remember, man, it was power man 5,000 played and fear factory, maybe somebody else, but then it was typo negative which was badass and it kind of brought you know how typo negative kind of you know they they grab the tempo and take it down wherever they want it to be (laughs) and then after typo negative everyone's just kind of like wow you know kind of mellow like oh that was awesome and then pantera comes out and just completely blows everyone away it was fucking awesome they were on the money i'll never forget it they were so good and man, what a day! You know, look forward to seeing Black Sabbath reunited for the first time. Marilyn Manson for the first time. People are outside picketing because Marilyn Manson's there. And <laughs> I gotta say, looking back on all that, even though I was so excited to see Sabbath, Pantera stole the day that day yeah. in Alpine Valley. Yeah, one of the greatest live bands ever. I wish I'd um, seen them more. Anthony Visconti says, "Wish me happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, dude!" Perfect. Uh, (laughs) JTB, Jason Thomas Broderick. Check out JTB's Groovy Record Room. Um, Yes. So he asks, how did the bromance start? (laughs) The bromance. (laughs) I'll tell you where it started. I uh, saw an advertisement, and it listed all my favorite bands, including Kiss, and that was was it for me. I was all in. Who who is this man, and why does he like all the same music as me and also want to talk about it just as much as I do? Yeah, start on Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where all yeah. great bromances begin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's pretty much where it started. Um, and actually, Kim Chi Chris, who I mentioned earlier, was one of the same people that answered that ad. 
And you know what? I remember Kimchi Chris because he worked at the Great Escape when I first moved down here, and we never wow. had nothing like the Great Escape back home. So we were in there all the time. And I remember talking to him when I first moved to Nashville. I had no idea who he was, and sure never thought you know years later it would come back around and would be good friends with the guy. It's cool how that works sometimes. Yeah, it's a small world. Yeah. Uh, all right, James West. I've answered enough of your questions. You've asked so many. Um. He's a curious mind. You can't fault him for that. All right, one more from James West. What's your favorite track off Rock and Roll Over? Oh, man. Uh... I go with I Want You. Yeah, I Want You is pretty awesome. Um... Hmm. Although Calling Dr. Love is pretty great, too. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's too hard to pick. Come on, just say Baby Driver. We know that's what you're thinking. I do like Baby Driver. I do too, actually. I, I think it's a great song. I guess I'll go with I Want You. I think, okay. that, yeah, you're probably right. Um, Mooger Fugger, he said, uh, in your opinion, why didn't a band like Seven Dust achieve more success? In my opinion, they had far superior music than their peers at the time. That's a good question. Because um, they had a black guy singing for them. You think so? I don't know. I'm just trying to be controversial. I mean, it's um, it's possible. No, yeah, because it sure wasn't that they weren't writing great songs, and it sure wasn't that they weren't consistently putting out new music, and it sure wasn't that they weren't constantly on the road. And I it sure I'll wasn't su- that they weren't going to every radio station along the way and promoting themselves. I mean, that band worked damn hard. I remember them coming through when I worked at Z104, and man, that band worked hard and put on a great show, and people loved. Loved them. I don't know why they didn't get bigger. Well, I'll tell you why I don't think they made it bigger. Um, their first album is a landmark record. It has tons of great hooks, a lot of great chuggy, chuggy stuff. And I don't think they ever really had as many hooks as they did on that first record after that record. And I think that hindered them a lot. They're, like They had a lot of great riffs and a lot of great ideas, but they never really had anything that I would say would, would be radio hit worthy. So... That's not a slam. It's just my my observation. Yeah, because they did. I mean, for a band that stuck around for so long and still put out albums the whole time, I mean that that first album. I guess that was as big as they got, wasn't it? Well, they did the second one with uh, called Home with Toby Wright producing, and well, it had a song. I mean, it did okay. It was kind of a tweener as far as radio hits goes, but. It didn't have the hooks of the first record. The first record was not produced that well. It's all bottom end, but it had way more hooks than the one they did with Toby. And they, ne- if they had had the quality of song on the second album with Toby as they did on the first album, they would have broke huge, I think. Yeah. But they didn't. Ha- they didn't have it. Huh. Man, that's one of them deals where, like, you heard the story a million times doing this show. The first album. Well, those are all the songs that they've been playing for years waiting to get there the best of the best you know and then the second album is what's left from that you know that's why a lot of times the second album is never as good as the first one yeah but if you see them i mean if you have the opportunity to see them live go see them because they're really great live they always are yeah awesome live band i remember them busting out gosh i don't remember what song it was so long ago but just one night they're playing and they just bust out a pantera song out of nowhere it was killer I have D. Snyder to thank for introducing me to Seven Dust. Really? Yeah, because um, he did that movie Strange Land in the nineties. Oh yeah, where that's he, a good horror movie. Yeah, and he's the villain in the movie, and 
when it got released on video, I was actually roommates with a guy who ran a video store. And that was one of the movies that came out during that time. And of course you get all the extra, you get like the electronic press kit and all that. And they had an extra DVD or CD or VHS or I don't remember what, this is a long time ago, but it had like a, a whole thing about the soundtrack with D Snyder narrating it and talking about, cause he picked all the bands. I put that soundtrack up there with one of the best soundtracks ever for any movie. It's got a great soundtrack yeah. and D Snyder handpicked all the bands on it. And kid rock was actually an unknown. And, uh, I think it was Ba with the Ba was one of the songs on that soundtrack. And no, I think it was the one he did with Eminem. Or, oh, yeah, it was I Am the Bull God. That's what it was. Um, but uh, but Seven Dust, the song Black, was on there. Yep. And and I heard that song, and I went out and bought the record because of that soundtrack. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of really good bands on that soundtrack. Yep. Do you know who in, who managed Seven Dust in the early days? Was it J.J. French? Yep, J.J. French. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, he managed to take all their money. Hmm. So that's what I heard. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Our friend Gino Ames says, back in the day, back in the day, Axl Rose and Vince Neil had a beef. If they actually had a fight, who would have won? Huh. If it actually all would have went down in the parking lot of the Tower Records. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. Always look at Axl and he's kind of wiry. You know, he looks like he'd be a good fighter. Uh, but Vince Neil, you know, he's uh, that's grew up, he in, grew Compton. up in Compton, yeah. <laughs> For real, that's not a joke. Vince Neil really, truly grew up in Compton. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, he's got to be pretty tough, you know. Yeah, you got a kid from the hood versus a kid from the redneck Indiana, you know, backroads. Yeah, I'm not sure who win in a fight. I don't know if it'd be totally one sided or if you know how that would go. I guess if I was putting money on it and I really had to, you know, didn't want to lose and I had to pick one on the spot, I think I'm going with Vince Neal. Yeah, Vince wins by a cheeseburger. <laughs> and a couple of fries. <laughs> yeah, Vince has the weight advantage. <laughs> he just sit on him. Well, nowadays, um, what if they fought? Nowadays, if yeah. they fought? They'd See, you know, that's what you do. You get them yeah. today and get them to get out there in that parking lot where the music store used to be. Oh, God. <laughs> they both keel over with cardiac arrest. <laughs> Each throws a punch. They both miss. They both sit down, fight over. Yeah. Oh, man. So we should take a couple more and keep the rest of these for next time. Okay. Um, Ross Feichert, who we used to know as the Rockin' Donkey. Shoot, yeah. Did a great episode with us on uh, the Y&T discography. Yep. Check that one out. That's still one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, me too. Um, what are you guys doing to pass the time while social distancing? Are you staying at home? If so, what are you doing while you're at home? I'm masturbating all the time. Constantly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, right now. I told my wife, don't come in here. <laughs> <laughs> don't come in here while we're recording. Chris is masturbating. Yeah, that's what webcams are for. <laughs> um, I guess, like I said, I've been working on my my new iPod, getting it loaded. Yeah. I'm I'm doing it right this time. I'm making sure all the songs are the same volume because that's what sucks when you're pulling music off CDs. Some of these CDs are old, you know, like came out in the 80s. And then you got some that are like the nice new remasters. And so you put them, you put both of them in your iPod when they play. One's going to be real loud, one's going to be real quiet. So I'm actually... Man, I'm not joking. I really do have OCD over this damn thing. I'm taking these songs, I'm running them through the editing software that we use for the show and making sure that 
they've got the final mastering before I put them in. Oh, wow. I've got a problem, but you know you're, what? You're a real nerd. It's my hobby. So like I told you yesterday, don't worry about me. I wake up in the morning, I take off my pajamas, I take a shower, and then I put different pajamas on. <laughs> wow. So I figure we'll end this on well in the the question that were questions that were we have so many we can do um, quarantine sessions next week and a, answer more of these and we probably um, will and depending on how this goes with the decibel geek hotline we might do yeah. more of that too. So uh, Joe Polo from uh, Podcast Rock City says, "Who is the man and who is the woman in Chris and Aaron's relationship?" The hell kind of question is that? I think we're both a couple of bull dykes, so we're both the woman. Okay. Okay. That's weird, Joe. Don't be weird, dude. I'm wearing Birkenstocks right now. Okay, well, that answers it then. While I masturbate. <laughs> well, I was going to say, too, I love Joe Polo, but next time I'm down in Georgia, I'm going to show up to his store unannounced. I'm going to show him <laughs> my penis. <laughs> so I guess that makes you the man. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm posting... Uh, I posted it on Twitter, and I'm posting it on Facebook now. So this is an experiment, so let me take a look at this Skype and see. Uh, this will be the answer to a trivia question someday. I will. Who was the first person to ever call into the show? Yeah, it'll be interesting. To it'll see be like it. the grand prize at Rockin' Pot 8 will come down to this question, so everyone remember it. All right. Put it on my personal page, because that seems to get more traffic than the decimal gig facebook page uh, so popular it's weird i just think it has something to do with the algorithm yeah nobody will see the post until three hours from now well it'll be deleted by then but yeah we got so many questions and like we go so long on each question it's like well we got plenty in the hopper now to go forward okay cool well, maybe we can do this again next week if we're still under quarantine we will be <laughs> Did you like the graphic? I didn't even see it. I just started recording. It's the big black graphic with white words that says reach out and touch us and put our logo on it. <laughs> well, no wonder no one's calling. <laughs> not during this crisis. Well, so now, President Trump told me not to touch anybody. So I'm drinking something called Owari from Hollow Point Brewery. It's a Japanese-style lager. Sounds delicious. It has a samurai warrior on the can. So weird. Not sitting on the toilet, but he's on the can. <laughs> Be funnier if he was. Uh, but yeah, like this was, I don't know how this wound up at my wife's brewery, but she said it was there and they were going to throw it out. And I'm like, well, I'll take it. It's, like, <laughs> it's all of 4% alcohol. There's a Chinese man on a toilet on the front of the can. They're going to throw it out, but Chris will take it. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll see. I'll see if anybody calls in. Nobody's calling. Well, you got to be patient. Bill Elam liked and retweeted the tweet, so we'll see if he calls. But he didn't call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're looking that forward be, to hearing somebody else call. That'd be a funny episode of us just waiting for calls to come in. Uh, Did you ever see that? Um, there's like a public access video on YouTube from New York from the 90s where a guy just, he's like, I'm taking calls now for anyone who wants to talk about anything. And they had no call screener, so he just got mercilessly, like, prank called. Wow. Yeah. That's cool, though. How much fun must that job be? You never uh, know what you're going to be talking about. 
Toomey just liked the post, so he's going to call in and give a shit, I'm sure. Well, if people are seeing it, they should be calling by now. It's going to be a fun edit for you. We're cooking right along, man. We've got a nice long episode here, but you know what? We're on quarantine, so what better do we got to do? Well, I, I, I think this is fun. <laughs> so, this is kind of fun. <laughs> and I love the fact that I can drink while I record for a change. And that's when me and Chris started recording in different rooms. Right. We just go the, forward doing the it. The romance was over. <laughs> oh, man. All right, people. <laughs> they posted in the Decibel Geek community group. <laughs> Wait for people to call us. I'm not seeing nothing. Just hang on. Now, if somebody says I tried to call and it didn't work, then we have a problem. So is it supposed to ring up to this? Yeah, it's a Skype Skype number com- that's set up for the version of Skype, the Skype account that you are on. And it don't have no problem calling in while I'm already online with you? It shouldn't. I think the only reason it put me on hold was because my cell phone is connected to your Skype account. Okay. I hope. <laughs> we'll find out in a few minutes. JTB said he was going to call. Like, all right, well. Now somebody's calling into my cell phone what the hell <laughs> not answering oh, wait, that. No, i got something here it said restricted all right i'm answering it hello hey there hey who's this is that like is this aaron tomato yeah this man it's aaron oh man talking to the legends themselves <laughs> hang on a second chris are you still day. there chris pardon me i'm trying to see if chris is still here because he's on the other line we're quarantined yeah, I'm quarantined too. I just decided to step outside, though. Oh man, I think it puts him on hold when somebody else calls in. Shit. Okay, hang on. Let me see. Hold on a second, man. Let me. Yeah, you're good, man. Let me see if I can switch back over to him, or how the hell this is supposed to work. Let me try that. Add to call. Let's see. Let's try this. This is a big experiment we're doing today. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to add him to the call. What the fuck? Hello? Shit. Hey. Well, damn it, that didn't work. So as soon as as I answered with him, because I didn't even, it was Alex, but I don't know Alex who. I didn't even get a chance to ask because I was like, I thought it sounded like you disappeared when he came on the line. So I said, yeah. hey, Chris, are you there? And you weren't there. And so I said, oh, shit, it must have put him on hold. And dude was like, oh, don't worry about it. And so then uh, I tried to add you into the call. Mm-hmm. And then my whole Skype shut down. That's weird. You there? Yeah, can you hear okay. me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, because Ian said he got a busy signal and was asking if we could add him to the call. And then Alexander said, just try calling, just try calling in. That must have been, yeah. I don't know why it wouldn't work. Let's try to add Ian into the call because he's on Skype. Let me see if I can do it. Um, Let's at least add him. (laughs) You there, Aaron? Are you calling him on yours? Yes. Okay. Hello. Hello. He sounds good, too. Yeah. This can't be Godzilla. It sounds too good. We're (laughs) dying. Yeah, I can hear you. And it appears yeah, to be recording. What's going on, Wadzilla? 
Uh, not too much. Just uh, sitting here self-quarantined. Uh, waiting for you guys to call. <laughs> see, How are you guys doing today? Okay, see, this is what's happening, Chris. It's coming up, and it's saying answering this call will place your current call on hold. Or you can merge calls. Let's see. Hang on. Oh, it went away. Fuck. This is... <laughs> <laughs> You want me to hang We're up and trying, try to call you guys? We're trying, man. We're trying. You want me to hang up and try to call you? No, because everybody's trying to call now. Oh, okay. So, but I see now that there is a way to do it. I just wasn't fast enough. So the next time somebody calls, I should be able to merge them onto this call. I'm starting All to get right. this shit figured out. <laughs> we have to improvise uh, when in chaos, you know. I well, think yeah. I, I might get a chance well, we- right now. It's like six dollars and fifty cents to add to have a Skype number. So I was like, "Why not give it a shot?" You know. Okay, hang on. I'm trying something here. Hello. 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 Wait, wait, three Stooges? Yeah. <laughs> well, that didn't work either, huh? Say, See, when the phone hello? call comes up, it gives you uh, the option to answer it and put you guys on hold or to merge the call. And so I just selected merge the call, but it did not happen. Oh, man. I guess well, I'll wait for the next uh, one. People are at least calling, trying to. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Alexander said, shall I try again? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, do it. So Alexander said he it rings two or three times, and then he can't get through. Yeah, see, but, and I tried that. I even tried to swap over. Here's another one trying. So I bring it up to this thing, and it says merge call into current active call. I push it, the button, and it goes away. It doesn't merge in. Oh, sense. it is, because it, it says three of three in the call. Oh, so we need to hang up on Ian. Yeah, Ian. <laughs> you don't call when we need you to, and then you do call when we don't need you to. Well, he told me an hour. I took a shower, <laughs> and then I come back, and I see all these missed calls. <laughs> Your poet didn't know it. Um, right. yeah. Okay, oh, Ian, get off well, here, man. A- all right, so you're going to call me back, or do you want me to call back? What do you want to do? you got to get in the back of the line now. Ah, shit. All right. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, now I think we're going to be able to do something here. Because as soon as Ian dropped off, it went to two of three in the call. And this whole thing is going to be a nightmare edit, by the way, because yeah. I've been recording this whole time, so most of this is going to stand. All right, here we go. We're going to merge our first call. Here it is. And hello? Hello? <laughs> hello? Answering this call. Let me merge it. Merge. And it disappears. Two of three. Okay, hang on one second. Let me try. It only limit us to three people. That's ridiculous. Yeah, there's. we got to figure this shit out somehow. We're going to try to call somebody back, I think. Are you still there, Chris? Chris, you still there? Hello. Hey. Hello? What is going on? Oh, man. Hang on one second. Chris, are you still there? (laughs) This is an experiment going horribly wrong. How's it going, man? It's going pretty well. How are you guys doing? Chris isn't here. He got hung up on, I think. Oh, shit. 
Yep. Who's this? This is Bushy. Oh, well, brother. How are you doing? I am not too bad. I'm calling in, making sure you guys are okay. Yeah, we're okay. We just can't figure out how the hell to work this thing. We were so excited when we found out that we could open up the Decibel Geek hotline and just take calls, but it doesn't seem to be working right. Every time we try to merge the call, because Chris is at his house and I'm at my place, we try to merge the call. It's just hanging up on people. So I'm getting people calling, but I can't seem to answer it. Hang on. I'm going to try to merge this call with Chris now. He's calling back. Okay. <laughs> Hello? I don't hear him. I don't hear him either. Nope, I just missed his call. See, that's weird. I don't know why it's doing that. There. Wait a minute. Hey, there he is. <laughs> that was so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> we got Bushy got online, technology. Chris. Who is that? So we actually kind of <laughs> got it to work here for a minute. I have no idea how. Okay, who's on the line? That's great. Bushy. It's Bushy. Yeah. What's up, Nate? What is going on, guys? Uh, You are the very first caller to actually get through on the Decibel Geek hotline. Oh, it's a sign. It's a sign. (laughs) It's all downhill from here. We had Ian on the phone. Um, We added him in, and then it turns out he was holding up other callers from coming in, so we kicked his ass off. Yeah, we did. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> That's what he gets, damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, hey, I don't want to take up a whole lot of your guys' time because I'm one of those that has to go to work every day. I got two questions for you. How are you guys maintaining? How are your families? Good. Everybody's good here. Nobody's sick. I just saw online that Julian Gill's got the coronavirus. Saw that, too. Oh, yeah, no. Man. But he's yeah. the first person that I know that has it. Yeah. We're um, I'm we're well, good. I'm I'm able to work from home. I, I work in healthcare billing, so they were able to set me up to work from home. So it's almost like a vacation. Oh, that's good. Hey, what about you? I got gotcha. you. I uh, well, I work at pharmaceutical manufacturing. Um, the company I work for provides sixty percent of the IV bags to this nation. Uh, with over three thousand wow. employees, so we're not shutting down. Uh, the nice thing is. Uh, that if, if somebody in your family gets sick or you get sick, they're not giving you points. Nothing goes against you. You get the two weeks, you know, recovery time. But for those that are working every shift, they're giving an extra $50 a day to. So there's a little bit of incentive to take your butt to work. Right on. Cool. That's cool. Plus, if you think about it down the line, man, you and everybody you're working with are kind of heroes in this whole thing because they, we need that shit real bad. Oh, absolutely, especially for those that get hospitalized. I mean, sodium chloride is what they uh, hook you up to uh, when you need IV medications. So uh, you know, it's a pretty big deal. I uh, I laugh it off most of the time, even though, you know, as a medic in the Army, I injected most of this stuff. But actually being there, you know, they got crazy precautions. They've got a, they've got a thermal imaging scanner. You know, when you walk into the plant, if, yeah. you, if your temperature is above a certain number, your face shows up red in the screen directly to the nurse and they send you home. So they're trying to take all the precautions they can. And then the replacement RoboCop comes out and goes insane and chases you out the door. <laughs> Absolutely. They kill the toxic waste man with the, you know, with the old Monte Carlo or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild, man. Yeah, it's crazy times we're living in. It absolutely is. Um, I never thought I would want to be around people so much. It's driving me insane. Right. You know, I go to work and then I hunker down once I get home. Yeah, yeah, same here. It's a, this is like the most human contact I've had in three days, so it's actually pretty nice. Right. Well, see, the human contact I'm having, I don't want. It's, you know, work people, so who cares? 
<laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna keep doing the call-in thing. Hopefully, it'll keep working. So we'll be doing this every week. It looks like. Oh, that's that's outstanding. That's a good idea. You know, a Sunday when I'm off, I might actually be able to talk a little longer. I got to get out of here because, like I said, I do have to get uh, ready for work, and I leave in about thirty minutes. Uh, Rock and Pod, is everything still a go as of right now? Because nobody knows how long this thing's going to last. Well, I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd love to say that's for sure on, but obviously we don't know what's going to happen. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm in talks with the hotel. We're hopeful it works out, but I can't say for sure. I wish I had a better answer for you. No, that's okay. I mean, that's, a, that's about the most fair answer you can get. And I hope they don't put the old screws to you. If <laughs> at a time of a national emergency, they should kind of let you off the hook a little bit. Right. Yeah, but hotels are all about making money. But we'll see. You know, who knows? If you see a GoFundMe get launched, you'll know how it went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, I'll definitely contribute to it. Okay, I appreciate <laughs> it. Awesome. All right, brother. All right, guys, I'll let you get to work. I am going to let other people call in for you. Um, I'm glad hey, I was plug- able to get through and actually get recorded here. Plug your show real yeah. fast. Oh, it's it's the Plug Podcast. There has been a, a, a slight format change. Um uh, it's it's just me anymore. I've been having uh, you know guest hosts on. I uh, did a couple episodes with the great Ralph Vieira, aka Doctor Fuck, talking about uh, The Shining and Doctor Sleep. I've got a uh, Mark Taylor coming on from Freeform. Um, Alan Tate, uh, what is that? Ages of Rock is supposed to be coming on soon. He wants to do a movie conversation, so we'll be doing another uh-huh. Stanley Kubrick film. Um, Mr. Camaro had some things come up. You guys had a tornado, so we had we have to reschedule him, but he's coming on. Yeah, that was supposed <laughs> to be that next day I was supposed to come on with you, and the tornadoes tore shit apart. Absolutely. Ah, what could you do? Tornado, cor- you know, coronavirus, we'll, we'll get it done. Yeah, what's next week? We'll make it happen. Yeah, God, who knows? Asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> but we can be found on uh, Podbean and uh, uh, iTunes right now. I haven't moved to other platforms yet, so I'm not sure of the cost. All right. Right cool. on, man. Well, well, thanks for what you do for the uh, pharmaceutical community, and yeah. uh, hang in there, brother. Oh, absolutely. You guys stay safe, hunker down. Don't sneeze on anybody. <laughs> Me, I want someone to sneeze on me. I'm sick of going to work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys be good. Good talking to you. You right, too, bye-bye. man. All right, bye-bye. All right. I just told Ian to call in. Okay, so let's see here. And then after that, Alexander is ready to, to be next in line. Okay. I just wish you could add, like, unlimited people. That would be nice. Yeah, I just messaged Ian and said, now. All right, I think we got Ian. Yeah, now he's there. Ian. Holy cow, I got through. Nice. All right. Wow, it's easier finding toilet paper at 2 in the morning than getting on this fucking show. (laughs) Good Lord. It didn't take you too long. You only had to wait in line for one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's hard to... I'm hurry exaggerating this. here. <laughs> Let's hurry this along. It's two ninety nine a minute. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. You throw up now. How you guys doing? We're good. good man. Now How are you? I think we got this figured out. Right on. Right on. Oh man, uh, this uh, self quarantine shit, man. Uh-huh. Wow. This is something else. I, I, I'm trying to break a record to see how much one man can sleep, eat, and masturbate. Uh, <laughs> I, apparently, I came in second to uh, to the Podfather, but what yeah. are you going to do? Uh, well, <laughs> second to the Podfather is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I thought I was at least going to beat him in the jerking off part, but he's got a copy, a bootleg copy of Kiss Animal Eyes Live Uncensored, so he won. 
I tell you, oh, that I baby get... had the longest fucking tongue I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I always think, figured it was the part when Paul Stanley starts making out with himself. <laughs> it's Paul on Paul action. <sighs> That'll do it. That'll do it. I'll stick to Pornhub, but, you know, whatever gets you off. I think that I think Ian Wadley needs to start his own Kiss podcast just so he can tear the band apart. <laughs> they do that just fine on themselves. That's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, man, so like uh, you know, have our chance to really talk to you. We don't have Toomey's uh, presence to grace us, but uh, Diabolus in Podcastica, you know, the uh, eas- most easily spelled name podcast out there. Congratulations! <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just happy now. I know how to say the fucking thing. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. We look forward uh, to guesting on your show soon. I hope we can come on and make an appearance. But uh, so far, so good, man. No complaints here. Well, we have cool. you know lots of stuff on our uh, radar, including taking calls from whoever the fuck wants to call in before we get you guys on. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I'll go back to the end of the line. <laughs> This is kind of like we were talking about before, like the end of the late 70s when people discovered synthesizers and said, wow, we got to use this on our next album. It's state-of-the-art technology. We've done that with Skype today. And we're just like, we got to keep doing this. This is amazing. Well, yeah, a great way to interact with people while everybody's trapped at home. (laughs) Who who knows how long this shit's going to last. So, you know, this could be the new thing. Yeah. It's the Judas Priest Turbo of music podcasting. (laughs) Well, now that you said that, that kind of takes the steam out of it. We don't need no parental guidance around here, right? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Just a keytar and some internet. Exactly. We'll be fine. So um, I got to give you props, Ian. The, uh, The interview with Bobby Blitz from Overkill was great, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. And, uh... Yeah, it got popular too, man. It got picked up by uh, four different websites and translated into Russian. Wow, oh. really? Yeah, so I, I, I got a friend book request from Vladimir Putin the other day, so <laughs> I, I feel pretty important. You know, <laughs> he only talks to me and the president. You know, I said, "Hey, Putin, put your shirt on already." All right, <laughs> but uh, uh, very happy. Uh, you know, want to thank my my great co-host Josh Toomey for setting that up and and overkill. Uh, as you know, for being as nice as they were, the whole band, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Right on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Bobby Blitz, uh, I could tell he got a kick out of some of the stuff you were telling him. So I, I was really happy to hear that. Oh yeah. He, he was so gracious, did everything he could, uh, to make it sound better, you know, uh, including doing the interview with somebody else. But, uh, in the end he did it with me <laughs> and, uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. His uh, bumper for Rock Cox is hilarious. <laughs> you should have seen the look on his face when he did that, too. He's di- <laughs> he stopped. He goes, what's this guy's name again? I go, Josh Toomey. And he just got this big shit-eating grin. <laughs> uh, even he knows it's a great name. <laughs> Rock Cox and the Mass Debate. I think both are winners. Yeah, exactly. Mass Debate, you know. Is it my co-host doesn't even like Judas Priest? You think he's gonna like a good podcast name? <laughs> <sighs> Some people you just can't please. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, so what's on what's on your plate coming up? What's going on with uh, Diabolus and Podcasco? What's coming up next? Uh, we never know, and that's the beauty of it. It's a lot more, uh, you know, a free for all than my previous show. You know, where I pretty much knew straight ahead you know an album we were going to do and do it track by track so there was a lot of studying 
Um, with this, you, you can tell we really care about what I have no idea. Because <laughs> he texted me at the beginning of the day, like, hey, what album we're going to talk about? We pick one up. And, uh, you know, we basically just do the news or whatever's happened to us and just go from there. So I won't know till this Tuesday what we're going to talk about. But I was hoping to do a lot more interviews, but uh, the other one went so great, now people won't even tour. So, you know, they're afraid <laughs> I'll be outside their bus. <laughs> that Ian guy's going to show up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't answer the door, I'll get you fucking sick. Oh, man. So how is, uh, how's the state of New Orleans at this point? Oh, man, it, it, it's fucked. It's fucked. I, I still, unfortunately or fortunately, however you choose to look at it, I'm still working. And I have to go to work because uh, I guess I'm deemed essential, which uh, essentially means my boss wants me to die. But, uh, you know, I get there, I go to work, but uh, a lot of people uh, sick, a lot of people out of work. So, you know, it could always be worse, you know, and hopefully this shit passes soon. For sure. How's, how's Nashville doing? Same. Everything's That's shut down. Thing. Supposed to stay yeah. home. They did a. Um, they said non-essential businesses as of midnight tonight, as of this recording, um, have to shut down. So yeah, it's more of the same. Wow, wow. Well, that gives us as podcasters plenty of time to sit at home and uh, think about what we're doing wrong and turn it around, <laughs> so we can make so we can make some money at this shit. Money. Uh, okay. But yeah, you know, obviously we talk all the time. But thanks for calling in, and uh, we're gonna let, we're gonna cut you off now because we have other people wanting to call in. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, enough of me. Get to the stars. Right. I'll exactly. talk to you guys soon. Stay safe. All right. Thanks, Ian. Bye. <laughs> All right. So I got. I told Alex to call in. Okay. I'm just gonna watch for the next one. Whoever it is, we add him in. This is interesting. Okay. Here we go. That's weird. Still says Ian Wadley's in the call. Yeah. Hang up, Ian. Hang up, Ian. Hello. Hello? This is annoying. I see why podcasts don't do this. What the shit? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Is that Ian? No, Ian's back. Okay, well, I'm on my phone. I just disconnected all my shit. <laughs> I'm hanging up on you now. Okay. Bye. Uh, you want me? You want me? Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I have a tool. Hello? Ah. Now it hung up on Chris again. This is, we're going to have to get way better at this by next week. Here's Chris. This is going to be one funny episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, somebody's calling in now. I'm trying to get Alexander on the line. He's been trying this whole time. Hey there. Alexander? This this is Alexander. Ah, awesome. Yeah. Finally. We've been working <laughs> so hard to get talk- back to you. That is talking to the two legends. You know, I got to talk to Chaz and Fulton from like Childhood Utopia this week, but I think this may top it. Talking to the <laughs> two legends of Decimal Geek. You got low expectations, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think Casim beats us by a, by a wide margin, but I thank you. <laughs> Well, today is Sunday, so start of the new week, so I guess you talked to Kevin last week, and I talked to you guys this week, so there we go. Okay, so unless you talk to somebody bigger than us, then, then today is the highlight of your week. Most definitely. You guys doing all right? 
Yeah, we're doing good. We're quarantined ourselves. Chris is at his house in his studio. I'm here at this studio, and we're on the phone with each other. And then we just discovered that we could have people just call us for whatever reason. And so we thought we'd give it a shot. And so far, it's been hit and miss because we haven't quite mastered the technology yet. <laughs> it doesn't help that I'm drunk right now. And Chris is drunk. <laughs> no worries. So I was curious. I got two questions. One I, I, that I mentioned is Talzin, but I've never really heard much of the sketch of that Todd running a utopia with you guys. And I was just curious what are you guys have thoughts on the band. Well, when we started this thing today, we started off with reading some of the questions that were submitted on the Facebook page, and we actually hit that one. So we kind of already answered it for you, but you have to wait to hear the answer, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Most definitely. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys touched on it, but if you get a chance, look up uh, the song Trap by Utopia. Okay. And uh, I think you may, I think you may enjoy it. Right. On. And I think that's how a lot of us are feeling right now anyways, too. Trap. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm just thankful for alcohol right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then my other question, being both of you guys are in the Tennessee area, uh-huh. what are your thoughts, feelings, concerns, passions, loves, appetites for Nashville hot chicken? <laughs> oh man, it's tough for me because I love the chicken down here in the South. I love the way it's prepared, but I've never been like a hot food person. I don't like my food to hurt me. And so, in most cases down here in Nashville, to me, and I'm just a guy that grew up in Wisconsin eating, you know, lots of cheese. And so, to eat some of the hot food down here, it's crazy, because I'll take a half a bite, and I'll be sweating and dying. So, there's a place here called Hattie Bee's, and they've got the most awesome chicken I've ever had in Nashville. And they do it where it's like southern style is what I get. It's just fried chicken. It's not hot at all. But at first, I didn't know about Southern style, so I ordered mild, thinking, okay, well, it can't be that bad. It's mild. It goes all the way up to, you know, demon balls or whatever the top one is. And then so I got mild, and it damn near killed me. So, yeah, I love the chicken. Not so hot. For me, um, I'm a Nashville native, and I do not remember Nashville hot chicken being a big thing when I was growing up. So, I mean, I'm sure it was maybe in certain groups, but not with mine. I mean, I grew up out in sticks, so it's really a newer phenomenon for me, too. I always like spiced food, so um, for me, Hattie Bee's is good. Um, there's a place called Bishop's that's out in Franklin, Tennessee, and that was where Hattie Bee's started. Um, you could still go to Bishop's and get the same chicken. It's um, basically where they source their chicken from, and it's a meat-and-three place. Uh, my favorite, though, is there's a place called Prince's, and... The original Princess actually burned down in a fire last year, but they still have a location open um, over by Hickory Hollow, and I've, that's the one I always eat at. So they're good. There's a place called Bolton's that's good. It's good if you go to Nashville as a tourist and they have their, and their hot chicken is made with buffalo sauce, stay away from it because it's not worth it. But it, it's because <laughs> it's, it's not about the sauce. It's about the actual rub that they put on the chicken. Yeah. So course i've yep. been drinking too much so i'm think, way overthinking this but yeah um princess is the best when you did watch quite a few episodes of diners uh dives and drive-ins or whatever that show was yesterday too so what were, <laughs> what restaurants were they talking about i uh, i do not remember <laughs> this whole oh. week has been a blur to be honest with the whole quarantining and no i i go to college up out here in idaho and everything's been put on like online so 
I just kind of wake up when I wake up and turn on the sirens to go back to bed. Yeah, well, I know the um, a lot of the food channels um, that will come to Nashville and cover things, it seems weird that they will only cover like Flavor of the Week restaurants that are popular now and not the ones that were big years ago that we all grew up on. So um, a lot of times they won't cover places that I've even tried, but... Yeah, I mean, Nashville Hot Chicken, I like it, but yeah, you always stay around the middle, like the medium level heat. Don't go for the highest level because then it's just pain. There's no flavor. That's no good. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for taking my call. I appreciate you guys' show. Um, honestly, you guys are always the highlight of the week or the month when a new episode comes out. You guys always give quality content. Um, and I think that's the thing that a lot of us fans love about Decibel Geek. So keep it up, guys, and stay safe out there, will you? Awesome. Thank you, good Thank brother. you, Al. Catch you guys later. Peace. All right, see ya. That's awesome. That's very cool. Really nice like, to hear from him. I'm really liking this phone call thing a lot. I am, too. Yeah, I just hate that we only can take one call at a time. That's yeah. what, that's annoying. All right, and, it's, and when I'm talking to somebody else, the other thing keeps flashing up with numbers that are trying to call. Oh, really? Yeah, so I just got to keep waiting. It'll just give it a second. Another one, I'm sure, will come right up. Unless they go, that's it. They ain't answering those assholes. I ain't trying again. Come Chuck on. Bailey said. Give it one more try. He said, couldn't get through. My thought was that maybe we could, or you could set up a video sharing site while we're secluded. I used to do a thing called Song of the Day, which was a YouTube clip with an explanation of either how I came across the song or why it means something to me. Hmm. Good idea. That's cool. What do you think? Long we're going to wrap it up today and kind of master this technology and try to hit it again next <laughs> week with quarantine part two. Yeah, that's probably a good idea because we're going to do we're going to definitely do this again next week because we're we're definitely not leaving our houses anytime soon. I think. Okay, cool. So I guess yeah, I got to include some intro music and stuff for this. Um, the only CD I see sitting in front of me that I don't feel like we get in trouble for playing is the uh, debut album from Raging Slab. Remember Raging Slab? I do. This one came out in 1989 on BMG. I don't think they probably care anymore. Okay. Um. Oh, man. Yeah, I was just listening to this for the first time the other day. I remember the name of the band. I don't remember ever being into them, but, hell, it came out in 89, so they're definitely something I'd heard of. But there's some cool stuff on here. It's definitely got, like, uh, it's got, like, that, uh, what do they call it, cowpunk kind of thing going on a little uh like a dad sort of stuff real kind of down home groovy rock and this is a cool tune i like and it's called geronimo and we'll be back for quarantine volume two next week see ya
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.